welcome to the Time Shifters podcast. I'm your host, Christopher. This podcast takes a fun look at the films of long past, recent past, and the almost present, as well as the events and news surrounding them. I would love to hear from you, and there are several ways to get in touch with the show. Look for the Time Shifters podcast group on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Time Shifters Pod, or you can send us a typed or recorded message to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and please check us and our fellow podcasters out over on podchaser.com. Please rate and review the show at any of these outlets. All these links can be found on timeshifterspodcast.com. Now let's head to the Timeshifter studio and start the show. Everyone, welcome back to Time Shifters. This is Christopher here with Tom. Tom, how are you tonight? I am well, other than the fact that, uh, you know, you first take a, a mask off after being in a pandemic for a year and a half, and then you get get a total bummer and get a cold immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so sure. everyone has to deal with my deep, sexy voice today. Oh, and we shall enjoy it. <laughs> yep. I guess your uh, your immune system, uh, you know, took time off. Wasn't being exposed to all those germs, I guess, right? No, I guess it decided to lap it all up while I was on vacation. Oh, that's right. You were you just finished your vacay. You were in town, and uh, yeah, I guess you were probably out and about and uh, elbow to elbow <laughs> more more often than you're used to. In way too many venues with way too many. I mean, literally at one point in a cave with a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, that's what'll do it. Well, I'm glad it's just a cold, and I hope you recover quickly. I'm getting there good yeah i've not had so much as a cold in like a year and a half so frankly i'm, I'm feeling like masks are my new best friend because i hate having a cold <laughs> uh, yeah no i i started kicking myself i'm like i should have just worn the damn thing <laughs> <laughs> consider considered a, a true luck that i picked it up i guess after you and i hung out and not before <laughs> yeah no, no kidding yeah i hate being sick because i do not get the I'm not one of those people that gets an opportunity to like actually like do that whole rest and recuperate thing. I'm just like I got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately I have to just power through them all. Exactly. Take whichever medication will make me live long enough to get through my day. <laughs> I've been watching Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Prime. Have you seen any of that? I started a bit of it with Jack, and it was not his thing, so I, I, I stopped it, but I keep meaning to pick it back up. Probably, it depends on whether you, you know, it is unedited as far as language goes and stuff. Sure. So if, FYI, that it is kind of rated R for that. <laughs> there, is, there is plenty of F-bombs and things. Yeah, Jeremy's never been known for his tact. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's it's been, it's interesting. I mean, it's obviously not, the grand tour or top gear right but uh it is clarkson and you know he can be an absolute ass if you read anything about him he's not the kind of person i would ever want to truly actually meet or hang out with but his shows i mean he can be funny well he does know how to make it funny he does and, and some of it comes from the fact that he's very self-debasing i mean he he's where he is an ass so yeah he, he'll, he plays up to it sometimes. He'll play that up and then fully know, 
I'm just irritating the hell out of everybody. <laughs> yes. But for anyone who doesn't know, he's got, he owns a thousand acres of farmland. That I didn't know and, until I saw the first episode. And he's always had somebody to work the farm for him. He, he's paid somebody right. to work the farm. Well, that person is retiring. So this is kind of his journey to see if he can learn to farm himself, to do any of it himself. And he's quickly discovering, no, no it's really not his thing. But he is honestly making, at least as far as this show is edited, he's making, you know, a legitimate effort into doing it. You know, he, he tries to do the tractoring. He tries to do uh, sheep herding trying to do uh, things better for, you know, uh, insects He's, and, and turning some of the land back into the wild, uh, wildflower fields and stuff like that to improve the, uh, the wildlife and everything. It, it's fun and, and watching him. And of course he does some of the stuff and it's, he does it with, you know, the over top nature we've all learned to love from Jeremy Clarkson. Oh, I need a tractor. What kind of tractor? Oh, he gets a giant Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> the one that won't fit in the barn. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's fun. I mean, it's it's kind of one of these shows that I'll put on. Like, it's just I have an hour before I'm gonna go to bed. Then I'll I'll click. That's the kind of show I'll click on. So I'll I'll sit and watch it and listen to it. But I'm also gonna play on my phone a little bit. Yeah, no, because you don't need to kind of absorb yourself into it. You're gonna li- You he, he has that voice. He it. it, it there's a reason he did radio too. He has that yeah. voice that you. It almost doesn't matter what's coming out of it. You kind of just it's soothing, <laughs> even when he's dropping f bomb after f bomb. There's something about it that just makes you want to listen. Yeah, a little bit, uh, and it's the type of voice that you can tell by the way he talks. You kind of know when you need to look up. Right. <laughs> yeah, because. There's there are cues. He's very good at the cues, and now you need to watch him destroy something that was not meant to be destroyed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm about I don't know I'm only four episodes in or something like that. I think the next episode coming up is uh, was filmed right when the pandemic started. Okay. So it's going to be dealing with them trying to actually film this show while in lockdown. Yes, and I'm so that should be interesting. And, and no, knowing his stance on everything, I'm sure that's done with all heartfelt. Uh... <laughs> well, it's actually funny. The one clip, the kind of the preview for this particular uh, episode that was talking about COVID, he he was saying he's smoked however many million of cigarettes. He's had pneumonia, so his lungs are scarred. He's I forget uh, he said his age, and I don't remember what he said. He's like, so I'm like, if I get this. I'm dead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I'm scared shitless. <laughs> oh, good. There's something he'll take it seriously. When, when it's his own mortality, he's in. <laughs> exactly. No one ever accused him of uh, not being kind of uh, self-aware. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's all I've been... Uh, the only thing really interesting to mention to bring up, because I knew you were a, a fan of the... Uh, the other show, the Top Gear and the Grand Tour. So. Yeah, their, their brand of Top Gear and uh, the Grand Tour. Yeah, no, still waiting for another Grand Tour episode to go. <laughs> yeah, any any day now, right? Any day. <laughs> it's just around the bend. Well, we got um, some sad news since the last last time we we recorded. Famed director Richard Donner has passed away, 
Age of 91. So, I mean, he lived a long, good life, and he has left us with some of the most... They're like benchmark films. Right. Uh, no matter when you grew up, if you grew up any time since the 70s, you've been influenced or you've enjoyed a Richard Donner film. Uh, we're talking, you know, Superman, uh, The Goonies. He did the Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah, he produced The Lost Boys and the original X-Men. And, and who 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 can forget his Gilligan's Island episodes? <laughs> yes, apparently he started out in the 70s, or uh, excuse me, in the 60s, um, directing television. And he apparently actually did some Gilligan's Island. Uh, he did that. He did some Twilight Zone and... Ah, one of my personal favorites. He was involved in um, at least three episodes of The Wild Wild West. Oh, very nice. Yes. I kind of really, I'll be looking for that from now on. Next time I watch a rerun of any of these shows, I'm going to be looking to see Richard Donner show up in the directed by credit. Absolutely. Oh, and the Owen, too. I almost forget about the Owen. That was kind of the one that really caught his ball rolling as far as uh, feature films. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's uh, that that's still a benchmark for horror. Yeah, yeah. So glad he was pr- as prolific as he was. And he did it the easy way by only making good films, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm just looking through the list, and I'm like, I've seen all most of these it yeah are they are are any of them actually legitimate duds <laughs> i can't i can't say there's a few that i haven't seen or or if i have i don't remember them but each and every one of these they're at least decent depend what what are your views on lady hawk <laughs> i i'll i Actually, that's one I've been really meaning to go back and revisit because I have not seen that one in decades. Yeah, and I'm busy re-listening to uh, Ready Player One, and Lady Hawk is mentioned several times in the book. So, ah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, now, now I find myself curious again. <laughs> I remember liking Lady Hawk. I remember liking Lady Hawk because it was a little different than anything else you've kind of seen you you had seen in that genre before oh no way i didn't even realize this he we, we were talking a little off uh offline about like music videos and do they exist and i actually remember this one because uh richard donner directed lethal weapon 3 right in lethal weapon 3 there is a song featured by Sting with Eric Clapton accompanying called It's Probably Me. He directed the video for that as well. No kidding. Yeah. Guy just wanted to do a little bit of everything, I think. You know, he seemed to be kind of um Yeah, he he didn't mind experimenting a little bit. <laughs> oh, and th- this reminded me, yeah, like uh we while in town, my parents were opening my son's horizon into James Garner films. So we we'll, nice. we did the uh, support your local sheriff and support love your local it. gunfighter. Um, Don't love it as much. Nah, the gunfighter one's not my favorite, but the sheriff, that one's just amazing. Um, but it got me thinking about other things, and he, Richard Donner directed the newer version of Maverick. Ooh, that's right. The I one enjoyed with Mel that. Gibson, which yeah. was a, 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 an outstanding film. 
yeah, no, he's left us quite the legacy of things, and not, you might like something better than another, but I don't know that you can call it any of them flat-out duds. So thank you for everything, Mr. Donner, and, uh, you know, all our thoughts and condolences to all his family and friends. Yep, you'll be missed. That's the only thing, uh, there's, that was, we haven't been doing a whole lot of news, and we've been trying to avoid a lot of the, uh, the passing of some actors and, and things like that, but that was a big one. That was one that kind of had to get mentioned. Yeah, that one kind of impacts everybody. That's, that's an entertainment icon. Now, I wonder what Richard Donner would have thought of this particular screener that we watched to make a really forced segue. <laughs> Janet! Who are you? I'm his girlfriend. Who the hell are you? Succubi. Demons that take the visage of beautiful women, seduce unsuspecting men, and drag them to hell. And that through ritual, said demons could be brought forth. Come on, you guys didn't have to take a religious studies class with me. You should know who you were getting into. I think I just need a break from guys for a while. Did you know that a long time ago, men were actually afraid to cheat on women? They thought women had magic and would use these powers to punish them for their infidelity. Why not summon a succubus and just f*** him up that way? Uh, what? Uh, Lilith, I come to you with a request. I've been cheated on, disrespected. I want to hurt him like he hurt me. I don't feel so good. You're not exactly the type of girl who would need someone like me. Why exactly did you bring me here? My name's Lily, short for Lilith, but seriously, you just call me Lily. Jen, men are good for only one thing. Subservience to women. You are something else. Baby, you've got no idea. You enjoyed the show. Anyone have any toothpicks? <laughs> Tom and I got hold of a screener for a film that is going that is out on demand now. This one was actually filmed and released, I guess, and did the festival circuits or something like that in 2019. It is called Lilith. It is uh, from Terror Films. It was directed by Lee Esposito. Is about uh, give you a little plot synopsis here. When Jenna discovers that her longtime boyfriend has been cheating on her. Her best friend Emma dives into some black magic to summon a succubus to teach him a lesson or two. Unfortunately, the Lilith really likes being back in the real world and begins prowling the college campus, leaving eviscerated bodies in her wake. It's up to three friends to try and stop her before she sleeps and eats her way through the school. It felt like, and I have to think it probably was, kind of, this was like college film school. Uh, film. It was filmed by college kids on a college campus. I gotta think this is just that's exactly what this was. And, and looking like like you and I were discussing beforehand, Lee Esposito sounded like somebody we should know. And looking at his filmography, it's pretty much this. And apparently in 2016. There, he did a Lilith, a proof of concept as a short. So very much what you're talking about. I, I think very much this is a his entry into filmmaking, if not an actual school project. 
or maybe the proof of concept was the school project and this was the realization of that sure he got got a shot (laughs) right yeah he uh, managed to get together a budget and got together some friends and actors and went to town this was not the worst indie film that we've seen no not at all there was a lot i liked about it that were trying to figure out a way this is one of those films where you watch it and then you spend the next two days trying to formulate your thoughts on it and try to figure out a way how to communicate what it was that you liked or what your opinion of the film i'm not sure i've done it yet no here here's where i land with uh, lilith um it has that sense it's a little amateurish it's entry level like you said it's got that it's got that art school film school kind of feel to it but there's a lot of good in here like the writing some of the dialogue is a little either obvious or amateurish but then when they get in the joke parts the 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 parts where Lilith is having the interactions about She's a demon, but she just wants to be your friend, too. Right. All of that starts coming off very endearing. And so whether a combination of actual writing and directing versus uh, the talents of the actress that's involved, um, those those moments in the film make it really kind of enjoyable. Like, it, the only thing that this thing kind of suffered from is because it was trying to be part horror and, I think, part comedy. It got the balance down better than some, but still felt a little flat. Just going to say, bring up the same point, that as a horror comedy, it kind of fails at being either one. Right. And it, it just can't quite keep one foot in the other or the other where it needed to be. Because the horror... I mean, this is a fairly tame film for a horror film. Yeah. Uh, Most of the gore is off-screen and just people's reactions to seeing something that's horrible and then described, oh, he was torn apart, but we don't see it. Uh, The comedy is... It's okay. Um, It's it's kind of a down-to-earth comedy. It's not a slapstick comedy, but it's just that kind of... Would people really say that, you know, kind of comedy? Yes, exactly. Uh, it's, well, it's not, it, it at least takes you out of real life. It's kind of like at this point, you have to, you have the suspension of disbelief where her friend happens to want to try based on this class and her own studies wants to try to have this all based on a boyfriend hurting her friend and the the one more honest thing that comes up during that is she did want to hurt her ex-boyfriend she didn't think this would work but if it did work this is what she wanted to have happen i thought the three friends were you know, the three main friends that we that we had that we, we kind of follow were were good. They had some fun interactions, uh, but it was it was kind of textbook. You know, you had the the guy that's in the friend zone that you know she can't see that he's completely nuts for her. the lesbian friend uh, who's also a Wiccan, and it's like the only thing that was kind of refreshing is what it what shook it up was Lilith 
because she was like a, uh, I saw in another review where they referred to as sort of like a, a Harley Quinn. Yeah, I could Maybe toned down a little bit, but that same sort of um, bubbly but evil. <laughs> yes, exactly. The cutesy, likable devil. Yeah, but I, I just feel like um, maybe because it was the, done in this amateur fashion or whatever, that it for some reason they just couldn't push it to the levels that it really needed to be. Uh, this is a movie about a sex demon killing people. And there's no nudity and almost no gore. That's yes. It feels odd. I'm. I don't want to sit there and say, "Hey, this movie, you know, show me your boobs." Yeah, I don't want to be that person. But look at your topic here. Look at your subject matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, when when literally the Lilith is talking about, she is made for sex and killing says it outright all the time and there's no titillation on either no. front i start thinking about things like uh the evil dead and particularly the follow-up series that they did uh, ash versus evil is that ash versus the evil dead that series decided to go all in on the gore um to an to an extreme that made it funny you wanted a horror comedy, but you didn't give us the horror or the sex part in sufficient qualities to then take it over the top to funny. So you had to deal with the funny and the dialogue, which was okay at points, but it didn't... It There was no juxtaposition between the, the terrible stuff that was supposed to be happening. So if you're going to make fun of it, you got to go all right. in. You know, I didn't mind watching it. I didn't feel like I wasted my time. Uh, I thought no. the the demon appearance of Lilith I thought was pretty creative for the low budget. I mean, it, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was just effectively a, a, a body suit with a good mask, but it was a it was a good mask. Well, and they had great uh, dental work on the fangs in, in her in her mouth. I mean, she looked the right. part. Yeah. So so yeah, it, it was a good. You know, if this was indeed a freshman effort. Um, maybe literally. <laughs> maybe literally. Uh, then I think it was absolutely a, a a great one, and now I'm you know looking forward to seeing what the Lee Esposito uh, does in the future. No, absolutely. I mean, according to uh, IMDb, they estimated this at a hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget. Um, that much actually surprises me. Yeah, but at a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, considering. Uh, the, the time spent on a college campus going from building to building and, and all that. I mean, I don't know what's involved in all that, plus the makeup and the camera time, the editing. If you've got all that, I can see where they didn't have a whole lot of budget for the additional horror right. part or even necessarily the sexual part to do it right. Um so, yeah, no, I'd love to see what he can do again in the future, given a little more to work with. So, yeah, as I said, that's available now uh, on demand. You can find it on uh, all your streaming services. I, you know, I'd say it's worth checking out. Nothing else. So, uh, so you'll see what I hope to be the beginning of someone's prolific and uh, successful career. Absolutely. And, yeah, and some of the actors in there have a decent shot of uh, doing more work in the future. So, Here's hoping we saw the start of something bigger. 
All right, we'll tell you what, with that, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we get back, we are going to do another in our series of MST3K Unrift when we look at 1957's The Amazing Colossal Man. like Carnival of Souls, The Mole People, Black Sunday, and The Tingler. Do you find yourself late at night reading magazines such as Film Max, Chiller Theater, or Monster Bash? Do you love vintage television programs like Sky King, Outer Limits, and The Time Tunnel? Do you find yourself surfing the net looking for the next monster movie festival or expo? Do you enjoy hearing anecdotes, cinematic details, and unusual insights into some of your favorite movies? If you answered yes to any of the above, you are encouraged to join your host, Vince Rotolo, as he examines some of the latest horror, sci-fi, and cult theatrical releases, new DVDs to add to your collection, and of course, the old classics, both good and bad. He even interviews people throughout B-Moviedom. So tune in to B-MovieCast at bmoviecast.com. She's a girl who loved a man. A man who, in a flash, became a living threat to humanity. A danger so awe-inspiring that they tried to hide his existence from the world. What made him grow? Glenn Manning is growing from 8 to 10 feet a day. The moment, he's 18 feet tall. Tomorrow, he'll be 26 feet. The next day, 35, maybe 40. And the next day... But you've got to stop it! I don't want to grow anymore! Day and night, scientists search, trying every experiment their brilliant minds can conceive, finding the expected, the unexpected, and the shocking. For the immeasurable power of this ever-growing mammoth portends a fate that terrifies the universe. Drive it in hard. We have to penetrate the bone in the first ejection. Ready? Look out! He's reaching down! to help you to get well. Manning's disappeared, Eric. We can't find him anywhere on the grounds. Police Chief Benson has asked me to tell you to stay in your homes. Stay in your homes. A man once loved by a woman, now feared by the whole world. A 60-foot giant in the streets of Las Vegas. Colossal Man was directed by Bert I. Gordon and was an American International Pictures production. And this appeared in Episode 9 of MST3K's third season. Stars Glenn Langan, Kathy Downs, and William Hudson. 
about Lieutenant Colonel Glenn Manning, who's leading a platoon of soldiers in the trenches of a test site of a new plutonium bomb. When a civilian plane crashes in the blast zone, he risks his own life to try to rescue the downed pilot, and he is caught in the blast. Somehow he survives and is treated at a local hospital. The doctors are sure that having nearly 95% of his skin burned away is a death sentence and don't expect him to survive the night. Miraculously, the next day, they discover that he's not only alive, but his skin has regrown, not even a scar. But the celebration is brief as Manning begins to grow and eventually reaches the height of 60 feet. His fiancée and the doctors try to help Manning cope, while they also search for the cure to stop and maybe reverse his growth. But his mind is affected and he escapes the military hospital and threatens Las Vegas. This is an uncredited adaptation of Homer Eon Flint's 1928 short science fiction novel, The Nth Man, which is about a man who is 10 miles high. Jim Nicholson of AIP thought it could be adapted to cash in on the success of The Incredible Shrinking Man, which premiered earlier that year. This film did get a sequel, also directed by Bird Eye Gordon. It was called War of the Colossal Beast, which was released in 1958. And that was also lampooned on MST. This film is one that I that sort of inspired this series for me. Uh, when I was doing my MST rewatch, this was one of those films where I was watching, and for some reason I started sort of zoning out the commentary and was actually kind of watching the film more than listening to the, the three at the bottom of the screen. And there was just a few moments where I thought, you know, there's something more to this than maybe is meeting the eye in in an MST episode. There were moments when Manning, you know, he's he's grown his his fiance is trying to talk to him and Glenn Glenn Won't you talk to me? They'll be able to help you. I know they will. The doctors are working night and day to find a cure for you, and they're very hopeful. Why, they're flying in Dr. Mayer from Sweden. He's one of the greatest specialists of cellular research in medicine. What else can I say to help you, Glenn? What sin could a man commit in a single lifetime to bring this upon himself? And the, the way his, uh, his very uh, macabre humor is uh, throughout the moments and his, uh, when he's talking with the one sergeant that brings him his food and... He... What's new in the paper, Sergeant? It's about you, sir. Let's have it. Man lives through plutonium blast. <laughs> That's a great joke, isn't it, Sergeant? <laughs> they call this living. <laughs> All right, Sergeant. 
Why don't you ask me what it feels like to be a freak? Please, sir, I... I'll tell you. This is how it feels to be so big you can stick your fist through a circus pump. Like a clown. <laughs> Who else but a clown would have an expandable sarong like this, you know? It's adjustable. I can grow to be a hundred feet tall, and I don't need a change of wardrobe. Army ingenuity. Sir, may I leave? Why? You want to go back to your quarters and tell your friends about the monster? About the circus freak? Well, that's right, Sergeant. I'm a circus freak. Have a tent. We'll travel. Why don't you make me up a sign saying, See the amazing, colossal man. <laughs> that was it, wasn't it, Sergeant? You do think I'm a freak, don't you? But you want to know something? With me, it's different. I think you're the freak. I think you're the one that's different. I'm not growing. You're shrinking. <laughs> I saw this as like, this sounds like somebody, like a soldier returning from war and coming back as an amputee or uh, yeah. or even a soldier they didn't know what it was called then they would they, they would say something like shell shock who would have a uh, PTSD and this is someone dealing with that and I thought you know there's I think there's like a um, there's an analogy there whether it was intentional or not I don't know but I kind of felt like you could maybe I'm just I'm reading into it but that's that's what I was saying. That's what I saw when I was watching this, you know, last year or the year before. And that's where I was thinking, maybe there's more to these movies than are given credit. It's hard to give Bird Eye Gordon that kind of credit. Yes, I have, <laughs> I'll admit that. Uh, but, uh, no, uh, whether intentional or not, I think you're kind of on to something. Because uh, this movie is... Wa- is highly watchable when you're t- talking about those moments. Um, like, when he's first coming to, he's a, uh, it, he's actually fresh out of the Korean War, and he is having flashbacks to that in his dreams as he's waking up. Shortly after waking up and having the talk with his fiancée, that he, he utters that line about the uh, what sin ha- could a man have done to deserve this. Uh... It's those moments, I, I, I totally get, it's the science fiction spin on a reality thing of today, so taking out the, I lost my leg in the war, this is a guy that has been forced into a implausible uh, scenario, but he is going through all of those things, and they're using the fact that uh, his size is causing him to, his mental state is shifting as he goes, but it's the same thing that any soldier that goes through an experience like that might go through. That disassociation, that trauma that they're reliving. And strangely enough, I think the science fiction in this film is both, it's it's a thing that allows the story to be told. It's also the thing that I think hindered, that is the biggest hindrance to the film yeah, as well. Absolutely. Because the actual science in this science fiction is so, so awful. 
even for the day. Yeah, it no was one, so awful. No one in 1957 thought the heart was essentially a, a single cell. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, one of my favorite parts with the the crazy science was when the guy they they were gonna sit down to have watch the uh, film, and they had the guy in there from the uh, the the plutonium bomb, and he's like. I don't understand, guys. What's the mystery here? Like, <laughs> really? There's a man growing to 60 feet. You don't understand why there might be a mist. He just regenerated all of his skin overnight. That guy, <laughs> I was going to bring him up because he was so, that was so ridiculous. He almost seemed offended that his weapon might be used for something good. Because <laughs> they were talking about well, how this, how this, plutonium bomb maybe there's something about you know regenerating tissue and maybe it could be helpful and he's like what it's it's a bomb i don't know how this plutonium bomb could do anything like that well uh, that and the notion that you're a scientist man <laughs> and you're not willing to delve into the other questions that come from this you guys were literally you were testing this thing testing it yeah this is an outcome from the test and you're like I don't understand what the mystery is here. <laughs> like, you didn't know what was going to happen. Well, it, the fact that, you know, it's a plutonium bomb. Oh, it's a the new plutonium bomb. Plutonium's been used in atom bombs since there's been atom bombs. So of there's course. no new plutonium bomb. I'm giving them the benefit in this particular case. <laughs> but... but at any rate, yeah, no, the fact that this scientist is just ranting as if somehow an outcome from his test can't be valid, even though it's all staring him in the face, and I'm not going to help you do anything else. Just amused by how indignant he was at the entire conversation. It was fantastic. <laughs> I actually found myself laughing out loud during that scene, because I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> And there are many uh, moments with our uh, our lead doctor here, Mr. Lin Dr. Lindstrom, and there's all these, you know, well, you see, Timmy, kind of moments. <laughs> and it's like five, ten minutes of him explaining, well, as you see, he was this big, and as he's grown, this blah, blah, oh, like, uh, we know. Can we move on? <laughs> could, could he mansplain to Carol any, bit, oh, any more yeah. than he already was? Oh, especially, like, You'll remember the other day when I told you about it. Like, oh, not again. <laughs> <laughs> the, those were the moments. Like I said, if you focused on Colonel Manning and Carol and his his uh, path through becoming this colossal man and just the drama that comes from that, you got, you've got a compelling film here. <laughs> you watch all the stuff that gets you there and you want to beat your head against the wall. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there are, unfortunately there are just there's too many little laughable moments. You got the indignant scientist, you know, a uh, plutonium bomb expert. You've got the uh, the other military doctor who thinks they've have a cure and so they're going to have to get the the a big hypodermic needle to inject it <laughs> and they literally design a like comically enlarged hypodermic needle like it came from a prop shop it's like the prop that came from the incredible shrinking man <laughs> yes as what was supposed to be an actual size uh, syringe but now big because you're really small like 
you wouldn't have designed something maybe a little simpler but more reasonable, like a, just a giant needle connected to some kind of hose. The finger holes that were, of course, you know, ten yeah, times the, the, the size. <laughs> yeah, the finger holes that their heads could fit through. Yeah. <laughs> like, whose hand was going to manipulate that exactly? Were you going to hand it to Colonel Manning? <laughs> yeah, could you inject yourself with this, please? And I'm going to use this moment since I keep calling him Colonel Manning because that's his name. I could. The thing that was driving me crazy is after he got big and particularly supposedly his fellow soldiers stopped calling him Colonel Manning and started referring to him as the giant. Yeah, just the giant, right. And like, and, and this is the giant that at, at least I give them credit in the briefing that they said uh, they weren't going, you're not to fire upon him unless um, unless you're attacked. But as soon as uh, we're into the Vegas thing, that all bets are off on that. We're going to just shoot to kill. We're just going to let him destroy public property? <laughs> like, he broke a shoe off of him. <laughs> well, like, yeah, and that's another, another bit of this movie that... You, really takes the some points off is the special effects and the sure. uh yeah he's going through Las Vegas and he picks the crown up and yeah like everything's built but they can just be disassembled and just popped off like the giant crown or the shoe my favorite too is uh and again it is the 1950s the fact that they got any of this to look semi like it was in the same frame is is pretty good i won't i I won't argue too much there are those that can do it better bert i wasn't always great at this uh but the fact that no matter which building he was at at the time there is nothing behind him no 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 it's just open sky i'm like i remember there being a little bit more to vegas even then (laughs) a little bit more of a skyline yeah yeah, and there are other times where he's like the amazing, colossal, translucent man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that happens when you get that big. Apparently. You become a little see-through. I'm, I'm amazed they didn't work that in. Well, as you know, as he grows, his molecules become further apart. <laughs> well, and, and since his heart is basically a single cell. Yeah. Uh, Stretched that large, it's obviously able to be seen through. There's a lot to detract <laughs> from the movie, unfortunately. There's, I, I think there is still a little to this movie to enjoy, but there is. but there is a lot that you have to, yeah, you can't help but shake your head and, and even laugh at. Even for the time it was made, it was oh, pretty yeah, ridiculous. No, there's no way you didn't sit in a theater as... Like, if you're a child going to the theater, you might ooh and awe a little bit, especially given that you've never seen anything like these things before. But yeah, if you're a grown adult sitting there, you're kind of like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Billy, I hope you're enjoying this. Because Dad's about to take a nap. (laughs) It's a little unfortunate because, like we were saying, I think the, the first third of the film... Is, is something a little interesting. And then it it, it just it falls apart. Bordai Gordon, I think, was a really good idea man. But yeah. he wasn't good at actually putting those ideas to film. 
No. You know, not with especially since he's the screenplay writer. Right. Not too. not with story, not with effects. I mean, some of his other films where he tried to do this kind of stuff. I mean, what was it? Beginning of the end where he's like literally shaking grasshoppers on photographs. Yeah, and Bird Eye is not exactly known for his pacing either, because some of this is just ponderous. Come on, get to it. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, the uh, the long science, bad science lessons, uh, really drag it down for sure. There's too much condescension toward Carol's character in all this, because uh, she she obviously knows he's hurt, and then the entire government has decided somehow they're just going to try to pull the wool over her eyes and go, oh, there is no Colonel Manning. He was never here. Uh, these are not the droids you're looking yes. for. Uh, <laughs> like, how stupid do you think this woman is? She was right there. You were right there <laughs> with her. Like, stop. This is ridiculous. Uh, and then when they... When she tracks them down, she can walk around in the in the secret base hospital with impunity. <laughs> well, I like that she. Yes, they did try to like like you said pull the wool over and transport him in the middle of the night without her knowing or anything. How they got him out of that hospital when he was <laughs> already apparently sixteen feet tall? I don't know, but I like the fact that she had the kind of. Um, the wherewithal to actually try to track him down. I mean, she showed a little bit of intelligence. She figured it out. She got to where she needed to be. And then as soon as she sees him and she does the the, the scream, after that, it's kind of like, okay, now you just need to sit there and be pretty. And and also, we're going. it's not going to be written, but you definitely get the feeling that Lindstrom was looking at her as a potential uh, love interest. They did kind of do that in the... Uh in the mystery science theater riffs because they're kind of like well now that your man is uh, gone yeah uh, <laughs> you want yeah yeah he had that uh, i'm creeping on you kind of vibe through the whole remainder of the film a little bit and the constantly talked down to her and the you know at first i was i didn't th i thought you might be able to help but now you're a nuisance is pretty much what he was saying and wanted her gone just go away. You're detracting from all this. Yes, yes. Go away. Live your life. Ha, ha, ha. You got to give him credit for giving the character the opportunity to kind of to sleuth her way in. But, yeah, they, they treated her like, like like crap the rest of the time. Yes. Yeah. Again, you know, uh, it just it starts out promising and then just just falls apart. But again, then then you get into the dynamic between um, her and Manning as he's getting large and he's becoming increasingly frustrated, and, and, and he, he's he's separating from himself because I'm sure whatever's happening to his body is not working so great with his brain, uh, especially when his heart's not pumping enough blood around his body. Right. I. I while their their science behind it was terrible, uh, you had to at least give them some credit for the notion that the fact that his his heart isn't keeping up with the rest of him would actually negatively impact him. Yes, some science at least to that. Yes, uh, but as this is happening, I love the dynamic between him and Carol because you can sense at some point. He is trying to get rid of her, not because he wants to, but because everything that's happening to him is bad and he doesn't want her involved. Right, he's trying to purposely push her away. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and you get that, and, and you get her emotion that no, I'm not leaving you when you need me most. Mm-hmm. Um, there was real film there in that. <laughs> yes. What it was doing in the middle of the rest of this mess, I don't know, but <laughs> it was good to see. Yeah. You're talking about the heart. They throw in that stupid thing about the heart as essentially one cell. Why couldn't you, you? You could have come up with any other reason. You could have given him, maybe he could have been wearing a vest of some kind, you know, and it it, it blocked the radiation from hitting his heart as hard. Or I would have accepted anything like that. You, he could have right. kept his binoculars on, and strangely enough, you know, the the binoculars the the refracted the radiation or something. <laughs> I, anything other than well, the the heart is a single cell. Well, yeah, because they they did throw it in earlier because because he threw his arms up in front of his face at the last shielded second. his eyes. Yeah, that, yeah, that that was the explanation for his eyes to still be intact. And what actually? While you're talking about that, let's talk about the explosion. That's actually probably really one of the highlights of this film too. Is I thought the explosion and what you you see the the special effect of him getting hit by the explosion was actually pretty good. Uh, the blast, he sees the blast getting ready to go off. He shields his eyes. There's like a flash of light. It, it, it's like a gust of wind hits his clothes and like a flash, a flash of light. And then you see it, when it comes back, he looks like he's been charred. You know, his clothes are tattered. His skin looks burned. I thought that was actually pretty cleverly done. This is one of the times where you can thank Bert I for his generous use of stock footage. <laughs> because what he did is he took the stock footage of other nuclear blasts and he actually watched them and learned mm-hmm. because they they you could actually they literally cover it during the the showing of the film where they run the stock footage of okay you witness like the the building getting hit with the first heat blast right that basically chars all the paint right off the side of the building and then it's disintegrated Mm -hmm. so they went through that step by step and then yeah that's the scene that they did for for him is they the blast hit it charred him it's just in this case whatever was about him and this blast didn't disintegrate him like it should have but I thought it was a real effective uh, appearance. I mean, it looked absolutely, and it was that, and it was brief enough that you you saw it long enough to know what it was, but not long enough to go, oh, that doesn't look real. It was just yeah, you, you didn't get a chance to pick it apart. Your brain fills in the rest, and you think, God, did, did, did was his skin burned? Was there stuff hanging off of him? Uh, yeah, was that flesh? Was that clothes? I, I don't know. No, it was uh, especially for the time. That was a very effective film, uh, or, or special effect. Yeah. So, kudos for that one, Bird Eye. Yeah, but yeah, unfortunately, if you had a basket and you put all the high points in one basket and all the low points in the other, I think unfortunately the scale tips a little heavily in one on one side again the the bird eye is fully his foot's on that pedal yeah unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately i, I mean it, it it's watchable it's kind of fun it's short enough for a bird eye film that uh, you you don't you're not so like come on <laughs> 
but yeah, uh, still, you got to give it. A, it's not great. <laughs> no, no. It kind of walks the line. Is it watchable without the commentary? Ugh, depends on the person, I guess. It really does. I mean, I can watch this without the commentary, but it's not something I, you know, I'm going to like, oh, I think I'm going to sit down and watch The Amazing Colossal Man today. Yeah, you're not into the Colossal Film Festival. Great, yeah, exactly. Uh, as far as the MST, for an early third season, this one wasn't too bad. I mean, by third season, they started to kind of get the rhythm a little a little better. Yeah. And it, so, yeah, this was not a not an awful episode. This is the episode, uh, and I hadn't seen the Mystery Science Theater in a long time. This is, and probably third seasons when they did get this, this is when uh, the skits with the bots and Joel started to be the thing that you looked forward to, mm. even maybe more than the riffing. Yeah. Because their their little intermissions were actually pretty good. And this was when the bots started to, they were like insolent children. So they were constantly r- ripping on Joel. Oh, Joel, it, it, Joel's going to do another one of his crazy skits, and we're going <laughs> to... Uh, I mean, the opening one was amazing when, when uh, Crow and Tom are in their little cardboard fort that they've made. Right. <laughs> they, they're, they're not having... And Joel is just like, you guys are really going to get it? Uh, like, oh, right, sure, big scary human. Right. That that stuff was a lot of fun, but uh, the riffing throughout is okay. And we do get an early appearance of uh, Mike Nelson as uh, as the amazing colossal man. Yeah, when the satellite of love crashes into his stomach. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was cool. And and I have to say, since this was my first rewatch of the Mystery Science Theater, I know you had posted it so that I I would have access, but. There were a couple of versions on YouTube, and I actually came across a version. It was the full recording from a Turkey Day episode, complete with the 1991 commercials. Oh, that can be fun sometimes. Oh, yeah, because I was marveling over the, the Burger King commercials at just about Christmas time where they're selling their new sandwich and part of the deal was is you got to get Kmart coupons Ooh. with this sandwich. <laughs> like Kmart, yeah. The movie uh, the movie to get on VHS for that Christmas was Home Alone. Oh, I bet it was. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it, I I got lots of little extra entertainment out of out nice. of this one that I wasn't expecting to get. That's fantastic. If you're the type of person that likes a good 50s B movie, and I do mean B movie, this might be C movie, then yeah, Amazing Colossal Man is worth worth an hour and 16 minutes or something that I think it is. Right. Uh, Watch it at least for the beginning and kind of ignore how ridiculous it it gets. And this is the one I actually I noted that because of the short runtime, Mystery Science Theater had to have more of the time with the bots because they had to pad it out. Yeah, this one was uh, suffered from no editing. From uh, no- nothing was deleted on this one. They couldn't afford to. <laughs> they had to make their two-hour runtime. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that that was interesting. That's one of the things we've uh, we found most interesting in the MST 3K Unrift is all the scenes that got cut out. Uh, this one, right. not the case. They had to put stuff in. <laughs> Practically had to call Bird Eye to get what whatever was on the cutting room floor. <laughs> I was happy that this was not as painful as I thought it might be. Yeah. Especially at this stage. It had that lovable 1950s B movie, that matinee movie, the the popcorn munch drive-in, don't take it seriously kind of yeah, movie. Yeah, this was this was a this was drive-in fair. You know, when you're there and Absolutely. you're you're there with your girl, you're not paying that much attention to the movie, you're gonna Don't give a crap what's Yeah, on exactly. The you're gonna go <laughs> hang out with your friends behind the snack bar, you're gonna make out with your with your girlfriend you're, or whatever you're trying yeah. to get the second base yeah exactly <laughs> and this is this is on the this is on the big screen i don't have anything else to say about the amazing colossal man i think that pretty much says it all for an hour and six, 16 minute movie i think we've said more than yes <laughs> so next episode we were gonna dive back into the made for tv films uh, we've decided just because of the enigmatic title we're going to look at 1972's the people which uh, which we revisit kim darby uh who we just saw uh just recently in the uh, don't be afraid of the dark and she teams back up with william shatner in this one it should be interesting we're just looking at the brief synopsis and everything and it kind of has a an odd sort of um Alien twist on Children of the Corn, I think, is what we decided. It was. It sounded a little bit. It's as close as we could get without watching it, so we can't <laughs> wait to see what this is really like. Yeah, this this one I'm pretty sure is not one that uh, I'm gonna watch and surprise myself as having seen. <laughs> In fact, if you've heard of it, let us. Know. Yeah, yeah. This was, this one definitely just came kind of came out of a uh, thank God someone made a list because I would have never found this one otherwise. So a first watch for both. Yes. Thanks everyone for listening. If you have any comments or suggestions for any other uh, on, on any series, any of the made for TV movie series, or if you want to you know see what we think about a particular MST3K film unrift, go ahead and uh, drop us an email or leave a message on the Facebook group. We'll be happy to hear from you. Until we talk to you again, we'll say goodbye. See ya.